This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, welcome back to Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. Uh, We are an Odyssey original podcast. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast on audio, even for those of you going crazy in the YouTube chat right now, please do me a favor. Go subscribe to the auto, put on the auto download. We appreciate it. And if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we appreciate the likes. We appreciate the subscriptions. And also make sure you hit the notifications bell so you know when we go live. Always. And we had a super chat in there too. So thank you for that. By the way, all super chats that come in, even if they're angry super chats, if they come in, any of that money goes right to the One Nation Foundation, which supports Raiders charities. And no, the Raiders payroll is not a charity at this point, uh, although it might it might qualify as a nonprofit. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. But uh, thank you guys for all being back with me and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, who brings us the the fan perspective on every post-game show. We do it a little bit different here, so it's good to get. But I started uh, before the break, Murph, with Devontae Adams, what he said last week. A lot of people made it sound like he was being selfish. No, he was not being selfish. His point was, I just want to win. I want to be great, yes. But greatness, there's individual greatness, then there's team greatness, and sometimes they combine. That's what he was talking about. So the Raiders, in typical Josh McDaniels fashion, come out and I think the first four passes or three passes, Devontae Adams, Devontae. So it's okay. So Devontae Adams spoke out. So Josh McDaniel's like, okay, I'm going to script it. I'm going to give you everything. And he does. And then of course, then they move away from it. And Devontae, yes, dropped what should have been a touchdown pass. Reminded me of the Foster Moreau pass on Thursday with the Saints, Derek Carr, former Raiders. Kind of reminded me a little bit of that. But anyway, so Devontae Adams comes out. But again, Josh McDaniel scripts a drive goes to his best receiver, then past that, you just see stuff and you're like, what are you doing? Like, Brian Hoyer can't move, he can't throw the ball. And somebody made the point on X.com, Murph, and I, and I want to get your comments on this, that Brian Hoyer is sort of like, since we're in the middle of the baseball players, sort of like a relief pitcher, right? He's the kind of, he's not a starting quarterback. When he comes in, he's the kind of guy that you want to, if somebody gets hurt, just like it happened the other day, he comes in and he finishes up for you. But he's not a starter. He's not a guy who's going to go out there and lead you throughout a whole game. And that showed again today. He has not won a game in, what, 12 years as a starter? So so the decision-making, going back to coaching, that's how I'm bringing it all around. The decision-making, look, Aiden O'Connell threw a pick today. It was a terrible throw. I'm not saying the kid wouldn't make mistakes. But would you have been worse off starting him? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it would have been 50 to 12. I don't know. But to me, this again shows that this coaching staff and what you made earlier, great point. The leadership here to me is is beyond just gone. There's no leadership there. What are you saying to your team? Yeah, we're going to start this guy. We already know what he is. And well, it gives us the best chance to win. Does it really? It didn't today. And that's shown through. It showed that it was a bad decision. Yeah. And that um, so going back to the Devante comments, it. Nothing illustrated like the, the the failure of his of Josh McDaniels in game 
play calling than that, then you're right. He's he is he a, a great strategist? It's seemingly so because we can see that the Raiders will come out, you know, guns blazing on these yeah. opening yeah. drives and these scripted plays. But then as soon as the as soon as the decision making falls into reaction, when it's time to react to what the defense is doing, whether that be the quarterback or Josh McDaniels, then that's when it all completely starts to fall apart. And I and there was a little bit of a mixed reaction from Raider Nation this week when Devontae came out and said those comments. But here's the, and, and, and you you said it very well, Scott, and I would add a layer to it even, Raider Nation, that Devontae grew up a Raider fan. He gets what this Raider thing is all about. Al Davis didn't want to just win a football game. I know just win, baby. But he said, you don't adjust, you dominate. Al Davis wanted to come out there and dominate from the from the get-go. So it's it's not about... Just you know, he also used to say, we don't want first downs. We want touchdowns. It's all about going in there and completely defeating your opponent in the great words of, of John Facenda of what to beat a team into which no honor could be salvaged. That's the kind of level we're talking about here. That's what Devontae's talking about. He's not talking about getting his. He's not talking about, oh, I need to, you know, I need to have my cat. No, he's talking about the idea that he's the one of the best at his position. And if he's dominating, the Raiders are dominating. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. And when you look at squeaking by and beating a couple of bad football teams, that ain't it, man. It's fool's gold. So I think Devontae was completely, uh, he was unselfish in his comments. And I think that it were completely on point because he gets it. He gets what this Raider thing is all about. So I celebrate him in that. And I forget what the other points were, Scott, because I was almost so <laughs> Well, it's funny too. I want to, I want to give a shout out to Raider Ryan with a $5 super chat going to the right. foundation. Also hooligan uh, nation, $10. And hey. let me find the other one. Swag Jeff with $5. So you got, <laughs> he's not sitting there with you. Um, no, that is awesome. Yeah. And I got one more in here. I got I to gotta give a shout out. It's just the, the chat's going crazy. So it's like a while ago. Here it is. It is Unholy Raider uh, fan, $2. So thank you guys for the super oh, chat and for the One Nation Foundation donation, which is going that. By the way, Chuck Hernandez has said, darn, Scott, just tuned in and you look saddened. Uh, and even though I'm not the fan perspective, I had to watch that game. Who wouldn't be sad watching that game? Even if you weren't a Raiders fan, it was hard to, unless you were a Bears fan, that game was hard to watch. It was just hard to watch. The other thing too, we were talking about the offense and we'll get to the defense in a minute because that deserves some time for sure, which is I, I predicted when Mo and I did our show for Thursday last week, I predicted that you would see a very heavy dose against this Bears defense of, uh, uh, especially I thought at that time that Aiden O'Connell would play, but even with Hoyer, I thought you would see a really steady diet of tight end play here. Now, early on, Mark Sanchez on the broadcast called out. He said, man, they're running a lot of dual tight end plays, but they're not going to the tight ends. Uh, yeah. And here you have Michael Mayer, the second round draft pick, underutilized yet again. I think he had four targets today. A couple of them were really errant throws by Hoyer, one by O'Connell. And he's at home in Chicago. I say at home because it's a big Notre Dame town. And, and they don't go to him. They use the alignments. I'm watching and I'm saying, why are you having two tight ends out there? You're not running the ball on those plays. You're passing the ball to, to, to the slot receiver or to the outside receiver. You're not going to the tight end who are open the whole first half, Murph. The tight ends were open and nobody would go to them. Now, some of that's on the player. Again, you have, you have terrible, and since we're already cursing on this show, the shit quarterback play you have, okay? <laughs> I love it. You, you have, and, and, and you're not even hitting open tight ends. They're easy passes. 
All you have to do is hit those passes, move the sticks, move the sticks, move the sticks. The Raiders couldn't execute. And if a player doesn't execute, who's ultimately responsible? This is the coaching staff. This team came unprepared to play. And now think about this, Murph. They have to now prepare. They get a longer week because they play on Monday night. They have to go face a Lions team that just got its ass kicked. And they're going to be mad on Monday Night Football. Uh-huh. It, it's it's going to get worse, folks. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's going to get ugly, and that's one of the things that we talked about a lot uh, coming off the the these last two wins that we had was that it's not going to get easy for the Raiders. That that it was the, the idea that was that oh, okay, we might even have a three game winning streak going here, but is that something we could even feel good about? Because knowing that we've got the Lions, the Dolphins, the Chiefs twice. We've got the Jets who were, I mean, who, who, you know, upset the Eagles last week. Like, right? Like, and like you said, we got the, especially this Lions team, like talk about a team that plays for their coach. There you go. Like there's, I mean, like coaching one and the Jets as well. Bob Sala and Dan Campbell, I think are two of the, like of the most well-respected coaches in the league right now. And I look yeah. at those guys and I wish we had one of those guys or somebody that was like that. Um, shout out Jeff Ulbricht too from uh, uh, on on that Jet staff. Who I'm hoping if the Raiders do decide to make a move, that's the guy that we'll look at. That's the kind of coach we need up uh, in 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 uh, you know in silver and black. But anyways, point being though is that I'm with you, Scott. Like you know, this team was was absolute fool's gold off of these a couple of wins and. I, it's going to get real ugly. It's going to get real. It's going to get embarrassing. And and at that point, I mean, you know, does Mark Davis finally decide to make a change? You know, if not, again, I'm I'm sorry, I'm scattered again. I can't That's remember. Okay. No, no. I mean, I I I think you you this have the same. You're the pro, and this no. is when you're so much better because my brain's going a million miles an hour, and I all I can think about is like 95 things I'm pissed off about. And like you said, it was it's shit. And like in that, like as a fan, like. <laughs> Man, you're yeah. about being down bad, man. Like we're just we're down bad. Well, I think I think you're right, though. I mean, look for fans, and you're expressing. I think what what I'm seeing in the chat on YouTube, by the way, is exactly how I think these folks are feeling the same way you are. For the, the of course, the people who aren't disagreeing with you on something or other, because there's always people who disagree with us on something. Sure. But I have to say this. So Kelly Kelly Kreiner, our good buddy, my former hey. co-host here on the show, uh, super chat for five bucks, uh, and he Thank says you, Tyler Bajent paid for this donation. <laughs> Oh, he's being funny. funny. Uh, Also, Kelly did say that the best um, offensive player that the Raiders had today was the pass interference. So uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty accurate. So go ahead. Please, you sorry. No, I was going to say the Raiders, and that's the thing is is you look at at this, and all you have to do is look at this, and that is the Raiders are becoming becoming an instant meme and joke around the league because. I don't think that they're being prepared well enough for these games. And to your point about, you know, do they make a move? I've been saying all week that I just don't see them firing him unless something drastic happens. I think this is another step, though, because what happened today, Mark Davis, I mean, we saw last year when he got embarrassed, like after the Colts loss, that he he had conversations with Josh McDaniels after the game in the locker room. We'll see if that bears uh, uh, witness today, if he bears witness again to that and see if, if it happens. But to me, this is a situation where you either going to look at it and say, well, I'm just going to ride it out with this guy. It doesn't matter what happens. And at the end of the year, you know, I'll do what I got to do. Or do you say to yourself, boy, I think we can win some games with this team, which I'm not confident they can. Murph, to be honest with you, I, I would have trouble just like I did at the beginning of the year. I would have trouble picking the Raiders in any game the remainder of the year unless they show me something that's that that shows some sort of consistency 
which they've been unable to do since this guy took over as head coach. So if that's the case, you either make that change now in the hopes that, like, unfortunately, because of tragedy happened with the Raiders in 2021, or uh, you just ride it out. And for those of you out there who want to, quote unquote, tank it, that's what you'll get. Yeah, I don't. I mean, tanking is certainly. I don't think it's a thing in the NFL, no. especially if you're talking about a, uh, you know, a coaching staff that's on a on a short, you know, leash here. I, I definitely don't. I mean, they're going to do everything they possibly can uh, to win a football game. But that actually will dovetail into what I what I remember what you were you were uh, asking about when it came to the tight end play. Is that when okay? So if, if we've got a coaching staff that, that, and even if there's a security of contract, there it, there's a desperation to string some wins together because we know we have this this tougher uh, schedule up and coming. Right. So why then would you start Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell when clearly he's deficient at field vision, which is what allows him to not make these passes or at least attempts to the tight ends that are running wide open in the first half, like, like you were, like you were talking about. So again, it all comes back to, I think a failure of leadership. And in this case, it's, it's to Josh and his evaluation of talent. Like if that's what you thought, if you thought Brian Hoyer was going to give you the best chance to win a football game, like what a failure that is. And if the idea that there is security and contract well, then why would you not start Aiden O'Connell and give him the ability to put up some numbers, make, gain, gain some confidence, like find out what you've got in this young man. Look, and, and listen to Raider Nation. Here's the thing, like wins are going to be at a premium for us this year. So I don't ever want to like, you know, downplay a loss. But when you're talking about on the road, out of conference, like, all right, like you're going to lose some football games. Well, those are the best ones to lose. You don't want to lose to the Chiefs, the Chargers, or the, the Donkeys. You certainly don't want to lose in, inside the conference. You don't want to lose to, you know, teams like the Colts or whatever. You don't want to lose. You don't lose the Jets, right? Because they're going to be right in there in the mix for a wild card. You want to be able to have that advantage over them. Those are the games you don't want to lose. Losing to a Bears team on the road isn't the end of the world. But in context, it kind of is. You know what I mean? So I, that's where, I again, I look at it like, why didn't we get him out there? Why didn't we get AOC out there? Get, set him up the same way the Bears set up their young quarterback. And listen, I saw freaking Aiden O'Connell play in the Music City Bowl against the University of Tennessee and throw for like 500 yards and a whole bunch of touchdowns. Listen, ball is ball, man. He's got the ability <laughs> to freaking do some things with a football. It's Now, now let's find out if that's going to translate to the NFL level. But if he's never given that opportunity – I mean, you can only do so much in practice. Instead, you're going to start a guy that's as old as I am. Well, maybe not quite that old. Because I'm Paul Daniels are like, really? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Like that. That to me, here's I'll just I'll button it up like this. There is a lack of vision for the direction and future of this football team. We are scattered as hell. We are all over. It feels like everything is a band aid. Everything is makeshift from very key positions on defense the very key positions on offense, including our freaking quarterback, which, oh, by the way, is the most important position in all of team sports. Yes, and so when yeah. we're like doing this patchwork at these incredibly important positions, that's just to me, again, that's a lack it's, of vision. You can be a yes. great strategist it's in the confusing. world, but if you don't have a vision and if you can't yeah. share that with your team, it's... 
Yeah, and I know we're not in we're not in the building, we're not in the locker room. Uh, but if 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 you see that from the outside, what does it look like from the inside, right? By the way, I want to hit up uh, Pineapple B one twenty two. I can't see the rest of it on my screen, but anyway, it's a, it's a super chat for ten dollars. Want to thank you for your donation to the One Nation Foundation. It says Murph, after watching your debate with Uncle Mosh, I decided to give McDaniel's a chance. After the first quarter, I say fire that jackass. So. <laughs> <laughs> he he gave you guys a chance. He listened to you, uh, but unfortunately, the results didn't follow. So he's he's ready to get rid of Josh McDaniels. But I, I think that that that's look that's the sentiment right now. It's hard to argue against it. I mean, I don't see I don't see what the Raiders. You hit on it there. I don't see what the Raiders are doing. Uh, my partner Mo Moten, who's doing his live show over at Bleacher Report. He said during the game, he said the Raiders are showing that they're not serious. They're, he called it unserious, that they're not a serious franchise, that they're not a serious. They're not serious about winning. They're not serious about finding their next quarterback. They're not serious about a lot of things. And that's what shows out on the field. And it shows in the front office. Now, I don't know what the front office does outside. I mean, the business side is obviously doing well with finances and all that. That's another thing. But if that doesn't translate on the field, Yes, you have your PSL holders, all those people who own the tickets, and you got people out there boycott the team until they fire. Look, the seats are sold. You can boycott all you want. It's not going to do shit. It doesn't do anything. So people calling for a boycott, it's just dumb. So don't do it. But anyway, the, being angry about your team, though, as a fan, that's perfectly legitimate, and you should be. If I'm a fan of the Raiders and I'm watching what's happening, and I see that the franchise that I support, both with my time and my money and whatever else, is not being serious about building a winner, doesn't have the right organization in place, the right people in place, boy, it's going to chap my ass. And I get it. It, it, it makes sense. Um, let's switch now, uh, excuse me, Murph, to the defense. We look at the defense coming into this game, obviously the last three games, good stuff. People say, oh, it's against a bad team. Well, they faced a bad team today, and they looked probably the worst <laughs> they've looked since Buffalo. And, and you see what was happening there. The, the, the Bears with only backup running backs, okay? Only back, Foreman comes out, has two rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown. They gashed it, and people say, well, they were on the field the whole game. Yes, 100%. It, that factored at the end. But early on, they were getting run over. They were losing the line of scrimmage to a Bears offensive line that has two starters. The rest of them are out. It is the th one of the thinnest offensive lines in the NFL, and they ran over the Raiders' defense. Somebody said Max Crosby didn't have the best game. Well, Max Crosby is not a Superman. He's not going to carry a whole team every game. So you can, and he's probably friggin' tired because he's got to do everything. So that defense, to me, was really surprising at the beginning of the game. It didn't get better. And, of course, it wasn't helped because its offense did nothing. So, But, but it's a huge they, – if they took three steps forward over the last three games, they took five steps back in this game against the Bears, in my view. 100%. And I, I agree with you, Scott. I think you made a really critical point there in terms of, you know, as, as, as fans of, of, of this game and, and observers of the NFL. if the plan is for your greatest players to always be great and to be perfect, then your plan sucks. Like, I mean, <laughs> guys are going to have an off day. Devontae had an off day. I mean, Devontae, yeah, he had those catches early on, 
No one wants that that pass back and that. Oh, and what a concept, by the way. Throw a fade in the end zone to Devontae Adams. Shocker. <laughs> Thanks for that. Way to, way to adjust, Josh. Um, but like so, so but like so no one wants that. That's probably why he didn't catch it because he was like, oh shit, they're actually throwing one to me back here. Um, so you know, so obviously Devontae would want that one back. Max, I think, wants wants some plays back. But if that's the expectation that your greatest players have to always be perfect, well then. It's not going to be like that. These guys are human beings. They're going to have ups and downs. And when you watch, when we look back, you know, sometimes when we look back at like the greatness of the Raiders and, and I'm probably guilty of this as well, probably I won't hedge it. I'm guilty of this as well. When I look back at the history of this football team and the greatest of the greats, when we look at Timmy Brown and we look at Kenny Stabler and we look at Gene Upshaw and we look at all, whatever, Freddie Bulletnikoff and we look at, and we like to think that these guys never had a bad game, that they never were off. Well, yeah, they were a lot. Kenny sure, Stabler threw sure. more t- interceptions than he did touchdowns in his career. But he also, you know, threw in the sea of hands game, right, to, to yeah. win that yeah. game. Right? Like there were there – were, there were, you, can, you can have off games and still win in spite of it because everyone else around you can step up. Clarence Davis can step up, right, whatever. Mike Davis can step up, Red Right 88. Like so there's, there's different moments where the greatest players – weren't great but someone else was there to be great in addition or as well or in place of and that's what the Raiders have missed forever forever I mean when and so having that dependency on those players to be great and then to go to your point about them not being serious this is where I get to that lack of sense of urgency when why are why are we not in a bigger hurry whether it's firing a coach or whether that's on the coach or, or Dave Ziegler or anybody else to make a move, to adjust, to change. Why are we, why do we not have a bigger sense of urgency around these things? Because as long as we're going to be sitting and where we're at and depend and, and asking a guy like Devonte and Max to have perfect games against shit football teams in order for us to win. Well, then that's never, that's guess what? We're going to win three games. And I swear to the past two years, Scott, you think one of these days I'm going to learn my lesson. <laughs> two years vegas not vegas raiders vegas the city the, the the books have come out and said the raiders are a six-win football team and i just laugh oh my god you guys are crazy that's the easiest money i'll ever make by betting on the raiders to win more than six football games <laughs> wah, wah. Nope. and i hey i, I, I picked i you know I, what they're doing murph i picked them to win seven and i stuck with that this past week but after today i I don't know that they'll get to seven. I, I really don't. Uh, but it, it's frustrating and people are upset and I, and I get it. And, and I think that there's nobody who should be more upset than some of the players in that locker room because they're not the direction. Um, it's sort of like, and it's, it's sort of fitting there in the desert in Las Vegas because they're kind of wandering in the desert. And, and, and where is the path? What path should we be on? What is the, what is the goal here? Is the goal, yeah, it's only seven weeks in, but now you're into week eight. You're almost at the full halfway point of the season. Do you really think the team you've constructed, the team that's played in these eight, seven games so far, do you think this is a team that can make a run at a championship? The answer, of course, is no to that. So if that's the case, then you have to start thinking without giving up because you don't give up. I agree with you. The tanking people, I get what you're saying, but that's not what you do. You're professional athletes. But if the case is you don't have a team that's going to make a run, then start seeing what you have so that you can start to put a plan. Imagine that a plan together to build the roster out to become a championship style squad. And if that's the case, do you get there with Brian Hoyer? 
The answer is no. Do you get there with some of these other players? No. Now, the defensive backfield, remember, they're banged up there, right? Nate Hobbs is still out. I don't know why he was ever put on IR. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But but anyway, they're banged up back there, so you understand uh, Marcus Peters still being back there and the fact that they're still using him. But at the same time, there are other things going on, and, and, and they have to get serious. I think that was the best thing that Mo said today, and I really glommed onto it, and I like it. It's going to be my, my theme for the entire week on Silver and Black today. Also, though, I do want to point out, and I know everybody's in the feeding frenzy on the negativity here because you should be because the team has played just brutally and coached brutally. But I will say this. Tyree Wilson had his first sack today. Yay! So, and he looked better. I'm not, you know, sack and junk time, whatever you want to say. But his, his play on the field, and I'll have to watch it once the film's ready, but I felt he had his best game. Now, he should have against a team that was not very good up front, but you saw what happened to the rest of the Raiders' defense up front was not good. So that is a good sign. I'm not saying he's all the way there yet, but when I look back at this game, I was trying to find some positives, and to me, that's really uh, uh, the only one that I would mention here on the show just because it stuck out to me. Everything else kind of went south. But you you look ahead, and again, go ahead, go ahead. I have a positive for you. All right. Hunter Renfro got a catch. He got a catch. I said that at the end of the game. I'm like, wait a minute. Aiden O'Connell is the only person in the Raiders building who knows who Hunter Renfro is. Unbelievable. It's the only one. Garbage time in the fourth quarter. And we finally found the guy that had 103 catches two years ago. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. It's, it's, it's crazy. I don't know what's going on there. Um, the last concern I want to bring up here is is the fact that um, and again I know some people won't like this some people will agree and some people will vehemently disagree and that's fine. Josh Jacobs just is you can blame the line all you want but he also is just not he's not performing at the level we saw last year. Why I don't know I don't know I can't tell you why I'm not an expert in these things. We'll try to get somebody on the show to talk watch the film and tell us why if it is 80% the line or is it 50% the line 50% him he's just not hitting the hole whatever it is he's not creating what he used to some of its quarterback play again everything in this league is based on the quarterback play but mm-hmm. I, I'm concerned with Josh Jacobs and for all of you who are like pay the man pay the man I am sure as hell glad that the Raiders made one good decision and that wasn't to pay him yet it's not that I have anything against Josh Jacobs I like him a lot and as a player goes I root for him because I think he's a very good back but it's just not been there so far for him. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think that's a, it's 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 interesting to think of it like that. That like that actually is one pretty responsible thing uh, that this that this front office did was by not you know signing him to that. That look they they didn't pick up his fifth year option for a reason, and it's because when we look at the middle two years of Josh Jacobs' performance, it wasn't fantastic, and so right. they weren't gonna they weren't they didn't want to pay him all that money. But then the guy goes out there and freaking you know leads the league in rushing, and so taking nothing away from him in that performance. But there was an inconsistency in his career, and we can be prisoners of recency, Raider Nation. And what the, <laughs> the last thing that we saw was Josh Jacobs leading the league, but and, and it quickly made everyone forget 
about the prior two years to that because he had a pretty good rookie year. And then, of course, in that fourth year. So that's the reason he didn't get picked up. And then now it's kind of like we're kind of back to what those middle two years were looking like where we're averaging three yards a carry and, you know, things just aren't quite getting there. Like what is Josh notorious for that's running through that first contact or making that first guy miss. And we're not seeing that. And so is that though a case? And and like you said, everything runs through the quarterback. Can you press the line of scrimmage and, and focus on, on stopping that run game and, and getting after Josh Jacobs and, and, you know, putting the quarterback in a position to, to test you downfield or otherwise in order to, to, you know, to find success in the offense. Like that's a very sound coaching strategy. Okay. Well, if that's the case, well then what do the Raiders have to answer that? Cause uh, listen, this league is all about, what are you going to do to answer it? Cause you, you have an answer. They have an answer. You have an answer. They have an answer. It's a back and forth, back and forth. And clearly the Raiders have been outmatched in their answers for the entirety of Josh McDaniel's career with the team so far. Yeah, and listen, on on the subject of Jacobs, I mentioned it earlier, the offensive line. No question, they're not run blocking like they did last year. But for those of you saying that's the only reason, it's just simply not true. You're not watching the video again after you watch the game live because when he gets the ball in space, he's not running well either. So that's not to blame the offensive line. The other thing is he doesn't get as many touches in most instances. Those people are correct because the Raiders are getting down in games. And what do they do? They abandon the run. Of course, this offense cannot run without the establishing the running game. So that's why it's unable to score points because it doesn't get the running game established for the various reasons. And then it goes to a passing game, which doesn't seem to be uh, executed well by any of the quarterbacks. So that's where you get into this big mess. But it was just something I wanted to bring up because it's just not happening. I mean, they talked a lot about it on the broadcast today. It's something we've talked about here on the show for the last few weeks as well. Uh, I don't know. There, that That points to something does that is there lingering thoughts from him mentally in his head about the holdout and what happened there it could be we don't know um we've seen it with some other running backs around the league that were part of that group uh and others not right so Quan barkley had a nice game today for the giants who actually won a game but other than that it's it's sort of like ah, i don't know what's going on there uh but that that to me is the issue now looking forward I know people don't want to get over the you got to fire the coach thing, and I, I'm not ruling anything out moving forward, but this team now has to prepare. It has an extra day to prepare to go to Detroit, and uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is available, he will start. If he's not available, I don't see how this coach could justify starting Brian Hoyer again, uh, and so it's going to be a very interesting week. I think it'll be a contentious week around the, the 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 facility there with the media because I think the media you've seen enough now. I mean, we're we're getting close to the point of the year, a few more weeks and you are who you are and the Raiders mm-hmm. have kind of shown who they are through through 7 weeks and barring some sort of massive coming out uh, uh, and 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 just an upset in Detroit, um I don't see things getting much better. So so I get fans are going to be down but Murph, you just want to see that the team recognizes the concerns, that the team recognizes the urgency in which they need to figure something out this season. Yeah, urgencies, it, that's it right there. And, you know, I when we were talking about Josh McDaniels last week and we were talking about, you know, the, the criticism of him, is that what has he done definitively in his head coaching career? You know, what is that, what is that like signature 
like game, right? When you look yeah. at, you know, whether it was for Madden, it would have been, you know, winning the AFC championship in 1976 to get finally get past the Steelers, like things like that. You think about like, what is the definitive moments in coaches' careers? What is the definitive moment in Josh McDaniel's career that would give you any sort of, of confidence in him? I would say this to you, Raider Nation, that look, if the guy is going to be around, if Mark Davis isn't going to make a move, all right, well, if we beat a Lions team, that's nice, but that's also a Lions team that got smoked today, right? You got the Giants coming up. Like, that should be win for us, but then, like you said, the Giants actually pulled one out. The Jets, who knows what we're going to get with the Jets. So now we're down to the Dolphins. Could, could the Raiders go on the road against Miami and win? Miami is, I mean, I don't want to say any team is unbeatable, but they look um, they're like Chiefs level. Like that could be yeah, like yeah, we could be looking at a, at a Kansas City Miami type uh, AFC Championship game. And then oh yeah, then we've got the Chiefs. Uh, you know, a, a couple of times in there as well. You know, so I look at I look on the schedule and I look to see is there anything on here that could that could be signature that could give us hope. You know, that could and I see you, Ronan. Don't you give me hope? <laughs> like but, uh, you know what I mean. So like, is 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 there anything on here that could give? That's the only thing I can point to because. Scott, the season is it's I don't want to say the season is over. And I and I and I don't want to say that because I have respect for the players and I don't want to ever play down their commitment to you know doing their thing. You know, they, they are professionals and they, and for the most part, everyone's gonna continue to bring it through all 17 weeks. And so I don't ever want to play that down. That said, I don't know what this team has to play for at this point after this losing to one of the worst teams in the NFL. So it's only going to take a win against the Chiefs, a win against the Dolphins that would not only inspire potentially them, but I think us as fans and for folks like you, Scott, and the media, like otherwise, like it's just kind of like, well, all right, this thing, this is kind of over now. The Raiders have relieved us from the burden of expectation from this one. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. You look at how the Raiders finished poorly last year. Okay. They just did. Um, and, and so now you have an opportunity. It, 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 at sitting where you are now um, at, and, and not being at, at three and four through, through seven weeks, you know, the playoffs is a, a far off thing. But what you can do is, to your point, is you can start to turn things around. I know no one out there has faith that it will happen under the current coach. I get that. But I'm just saying from a hypothetical standpoint, what you want as a fan, in my view, if they, if they switch coaches or if they don't switch coaches – what you want to see is you want to see them start to get better at things and start to to look like they're better prepared, that they have a better game plan, and I know that includes coaching. So you you want to see that happen. And hey, you don't make the playoffs, you don't, but if you can end the season, if you can go the second half of the season looking better than you did the first half of the season, maybe you win a game here that you don't expect, and you're talking about signature wins like going to Miami, which to me seems like uh, them trying to climb Mount Everest on a Schwinn bicycle. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, but I, I do think that's what you have to look for because I understand fan. I look, fans want to care and they want to see something that they can feel good about. And after today, it's hard to see what could possibly come good from the situation, but there's always a chance that that happens. Um, and, and for those of you who say there's no chance of anything, I get it. I'm just not that much of a pessimist in life period. So I try to always keep a glass half full. But in this case, look, there's got to be some kind of change on this team. I don't know what it is. I think there might be something after this game. Uh, it, it's a bad, bad, bad loss. Does a coach get let go? Uh, and I'm not talking about head coach. Does a, a coordinator, does a Graham, does somebody get let go 
I don't know. This 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 kind of Patriots mentality of you're going to bunker down and be loyal to whoever you're loyal to to has gone on. We saw it with John Gruden too, with some defensive coordinators. So it's, I'm not going to just single out those guys because it's happened with the Raiders before. And um, so so we'll see what happens. But I do think that there's got to be some recognition. And of course, the press conference has already happened. I'm going to go back and watch it when we're done here. But um, you want to see at least that this coaching staff realizes that there's something not right here and you can't just continue to do the same things you've been doing. Yeah, well, I think your, your point about coming up onto the second half of the season is that like one of the ultimate indictments of a, of a failed coaching regime is regression, right? And the Raiders have done nothing but have, have gone backwards since that, you know, that loss, uh, you know, against the Bengals in, in the playoffs. And so this team is cons- has, has been sliding down ever since. And so if, if they do pull off one of these, say, signature wins and or string together something positive going into the offseason – that's you think about back to like for those of you that are you know been around a minute you think about Gruden 1.0 I think about that 1999 season where the where the Raiders you know they strung together some wins we ended the season in Kansas City knocking the Chiefs out of the playoffs and and rest in peace Daryl Russell walking off the field said yeah we going home but they going home too there was a <laughs> lot of optimism around the yeah, Raiders because that's true. Of where, where it was like where this thing was gonna go and so can Josh McDaniels and this coaching staff pull that together can they pull that th- this thing together to give us something optimistic about because outside of that scott i'm with you it's other than yeah. that it's been nothing but regression and so you know th- that 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 get that gets you fired that yes. the end you know yeah and and, and before we go because we're, we're coming up on the end of the show here before I, we go a couple of things that came in, in the chat that i want to react to one was and i don't know if it was a joke it might have been but sometimes people are serious Bring back Gruden. Remember, the reason the Raiders, part of the reason the Raiders are in the position they are right now is because John Gruden screwed the draft. You had so much draft capital and it didn't deliver except for one or two players. So that's number one. Number two is this idea that the Raiders somehow uh, can get better uh, this season with the with the quarterbacks they have. I just don't see it. Even if Aiden O'Connell goes in there... I. I'm all for it. I'm all for just letting him make his mistakes, see what he does. I just don't see anything going that direction. I don't see anything happening there. But but I wanted to just call that out before we go. Murph, before we go, a couple minutes left. Let everybody know. Of course, we talked about the Super Chats. And thank you for all of you who donated today. It goes to the One Nation Foundation. Murph, as always, tell people about the One Nation Foundation, what you do, how they can get in touch with you. Uh, and also, don't forget to follow Murph on X.com at underscore Murph with an F and also follow them on YouTube because it's a great show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So once we uh, figured out that we could make some money with Raiders fan radio, we quickly decided that we wanted to give all that money away. And so we give it to various Raiders related charities, uh, including the Bolitnikoff foundation, shout out Fred Bolitnikoff, the absolute legend. Uh, Can't wait to see him here in a couple weeks when uh, uh, the Raiders fan radio crew will be in Vegas at their annual uh, crab fest. And we are going to present them a check for $15,000 that you all uh, helped raise. It's 100% Raider Nation, 100% our listening audience. Thank you to all the good folks here on Silver and Black today. Scott and Mo with with donating all the Super Chats and then everybody that is in the Super Chat. And I can't see the chat, but know that uh, I always go back and read it. And I love you guys. And thank you so much for what you do to support the foundation. We always, when we present that check, always make sure that we tell them this is from the listening audience. This is from Raider Nation. We're just the vessels. We're just the the, the folks with microphones, you know, that, that like to hang out in, the, in a bonus room and talk about our favorite football team. It is 
you Raider Nation are the ones that, that make this thing happen. And we are just so thankful to, 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 to represent uh, that and your generosity. And so we're looking forward to giving that. So if you want to support the One Nation Foundation, you can do it a multitude of ways. You can buy merch. You can buy shirts uh, at our T Public site. Uh, you can donate directly at onenationfoundation.net. You can do super chats. Uh, we do raffles throughout the course of the year. And even if you're not able to, to contribute monetarily, we just ask that you hit a like, hit a subscribe, support the, uh, the you know Scott and Mo here at Silver and Black today, support Raiders Fan Radio because that generates advertising opportunities for us all. And those advertisers, like the good folks at Manscaped, are the ones that are, that are going to help us uh, raise money every year. Also, we have corporate sponsors now like United Rentals. Shout out Will Compton busting with the boys hooking us up with a big donation this year we can't thank the boy enough uh you know so just those we don't get to those opportunities without your support raider nation because without eyeballs and without the thumbs ups and the subscribes and all that kind of stuff we don't get to those things so uh, it's not about raising our shows up it's about lifting up the foundation and and we can't do that without without your support so thank you guys very very much and scott thank you so much we love you man you've done such wonders for our foundation and and our our you know where we were you know a year and a half ago based on where we're at now and where we're going to be next year uh, we don't do that without your help and so thank you so much for that oh it's my pleasure to do it I mean, you guys do such great work you jeff and michelle uncle mosh everybody over at raiders fan radio is great and i know this sounds like a love fest because it is because you're doing great work and and i wish i could tell people we're still working on that really big project that we hopefully will get done for next year for the foundation, which is going to be fun. I can't, I wish I could tell people today about it, but it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be super duper. Uh, by the way, shout out to Raider worm. $2 says, thanks for the therapy guys. Uh, so I'm glad we could be here for everybody. Uh, Murph, my man, thank you so much. Are you guys doing your post game show today too, or no? No, okay. <laughs> ain't nobody want to talk about this. <laughs> no. Okay. So catch, catch Murph and the gang on Wednesdays. It's 4 PM Pacific, right? Yes, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, youtube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio, or you could find us on any audio podcast service. There you go. Make sure you subscribe. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Scott. Good night, Raider Nation. <laughs> All right. There you go. As always, thanks to Murph for being along with us, and thank to you, thanks to you guys for being with us. I know a tough one for fans out there, and uh, I can understand why, and I don't disagree with a lot of the opinions we saw in the chat, and of course, we heard from Murph today do me a favor also please subscribe here on youtube if you're watching us live or if you're on twitter wherever you are make sure you subscribe to the channel put on that notifications bell we appreciate that very much and also subscribe to our audio podcast which of course you know happens uh, all week every week and this week mo and i will be back with uh three or four shows as usual and some guests to talk about what's going on with the raiders uh and tuesday's show should obviously be a doozy as Mo joins me back to talk about this one and the direction ahead for the Raiders. For our producer, Mike Robier at Odyssey, we appreciate his help as always on putting the show together. For Murph, I am Scott Colbrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Take care. Have a great rest of your weekend, Raider Nation.